You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on the fifth Sunday of Epiphany, February 9, 2020, by the Reverend Sarah Butler Janoffi, Senior Associate Priest at St. Thomas. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. You are the salt of the earth, Jesus said. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? And like you are the light of the world, a city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to God in heaven. I don't know about you, but I could definitely use some first century salt and light right now. You know, based on the level of sun forecast for today, I was half tempted to have us all just go outside and stand under the sun for 10 minutes instead of preaching. I'm sure the kids would enjoy that. I hear you. I, I, I know. I know that when, when, when teachers said, oh, let's do class outside, no instruction ever really happened. In all serious, though, the salt and light Jesus speaks of in Matthew's gospel are ingredients of bringing joy as well as life. Salt, for one, added flavor 
to food in the first century, but also it was necessary for preserving meat and ensuring that these goods arrive safely to those in need. Likewise, who isn't thankful for a little bit of daylight? We both appreciate the warmth of the sun and rely on the power of the sun to grow our food, nourish our bodies with vitamin D, and to navigate the world safely through sight. The importance of Jesus proclaiming that we are the embodiment of light goes far beyond what light we receive, though. For no one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all those in the house. Last week at the 9.15 a.m. children's formation class, we explored what it means to help others find light through a trust game called Minefield. To play this game, I asked one student to go out of the room and put on a blindfold. The other students then set up an imaginary minefield with carpet squares spread about the classroom. We then invited the blindfolded student back into the room They couldn't see, but the students who could see had to help navigate them with their voice through the minefield so they didn't step on any of the carpet squares. The game sounds simple enough, and those first students to walk through the course did so with great success. The challenge became much more complicated, though, when I instructed one of the students who could see to act as an angel of darkness and give bad instructions so that the blindfolded person would fail and indeed step on one of those carpet squares. Sometimes the voice of the one giving poor directions drowned out the one who was trying to be helpful. And my, oh my, how the tables change when students got the chance to be naughty. Soon enough, there were tears. I'm not joking. Tears came. Gnashing of teeth, angels became demons, and chaos ruled. Miss Lisa Lynn and I, of course, brought everyone back together before any lasting frustration could settle in. And then we had a frank conversation, though, about how we do sometimes encounter those people who, for whatever reason, wish to conceal our joy or lightness of being. Have you ever encountered those so-called angels of darkness? Those lost souls who care only about their own success. A colleague who feels threatened by innovation for fear of change to the way things have always been. Our well-meaning neighbors whose constant check-ins of are you okay signal that you are not in fact okay. And yet no one is really there to partner with you in that pain. I firmly believe that the vast majority of people, if not all, want to be good and to do good in this world. Yet we all have the ability to get lost somewhere along the way. I've definitely had my own moments of dancing in the darkness. Imagine, for one, how my ability to trust was shattered as a kid on two different blindfold trust occasions that resulted in, one, my running into a tree, and two, stumbling 20 feet, down the hill, blindfolded. Yeah, not fun. That counselor didn't quite know how, what she was doing in guiding us, I think. And as full disclosure now, I always cheat a little bit if I'm ever forced to be blindfolded for an activity. And I have no regrets because no one ends up on a ditch on Team Sarah. 
But all joking aside, we all have within us the capacity for darkness, jealousy, ignorance, selfishness. And yet we can also be light, bring kindness, generosity, love of the other. There's a fullness to this thing called living that is probably a whole lot more like dawn or twilight than these night and day realities we get in scripture. And so set us free, God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The collect prayer for today honors the tension in our earthly life. So perhaps a more holistic approach to understanding Jesus' recipe for good living is to acknowledge that we are the salt and pepper of the world, or the dawn of the earth. Because after all, Jesus was the only one able to be perfect in all of this. And while I believe that living like Jesus is my life's promise and hope, I know that I will fall short. We all will. Early on in my life as a priest, I was overly focused on getting everything right. There I was one Sunday at the former parish I served in Indianapolis, feeling great about my performance. I chanted with gusto, made no reading mistakes. I prayed the Eucharistic prayer with appropriate but not pretentiousness. And then I got to the fraction where I was to break the bread. Well, that beloved body of Christ broke into thirds. Of course, having only two hands, the bottom third careened down my chest and onto the floor, which is true sacrilege for some Episcopalians. And yet, after a brief pause, there was little I could do but continue the prayer. Alleluia! Christ, our Passover, has been sacrificed for us. So we keep the feast! Because what else can we do? I think the prophet Isaiah knows all too well the true weight of bringing light into this world. It's the acknowledgement of our capacity for darkness. Isaiah goes, if and only if you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. And further, God will continually guide you and satisfy your needs in parched places. Make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. We all struggle to see clearly some days. Our recipes for good living don't always contain the right amount of life-preserving salt. And yet through Christ, we have a guide to get back on track, to be freed from the various monsters in our lives so that we can share that love and joy with everyone in our midst. It's a grand adventure to acknowledge those times when the markets totally tank like they did last week, and yet to hold in our hearts the trust and hope that light will come. Not only so we ourselves can find peace, but so that we together can take our hope and take our trust and become co-creators of that peace. 
So set us free, God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life which you have made known to us in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.